Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it, as always. Another great guest for you. I am interviewing Chloe Lang. Now, she is most famous as the star of a children's TV show. It's kind of an international children's TV show. Very interesting um, where it was actually filmed in Iceland. The TV show is Lazy Town. Maybe something that, that you've watched, something that your kids have watched. Uh, but uh, it, it really it, it became a, a worldwide sensation. Um, it uh, it, it kind of deals with making kids active and, and uh, was all thought up by uh, one, one gentleman named Magnus who was a, uh, a gymnast. But uh, without going into a lot of, of exactly the premise of, of Lazy Town, we'll talk quite a bit about that. The main thing I wanted to talk to her about was just what it was like growing up basically as an international child star. You know, we, we spoke with... Uh, with a, a child star in the past, uh, definitely kind of a more U.S.-focused show. But this one w- went all over, um, you know, everything from dolls to backpacks to to everything in between um, had her face on it. So, uh, and a circumstance kind of like with uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where she's actually the second person to play this role. They filmed it for two years, took a quite a few year hiatus and then came back and filmed two more seasons with an entirely different person the entirely different uh, main character stephanie and uh that's uh that's what chloe lang was she was the second person to play stephanie so we're going to talk all about kind of the the behind the scenes of making a, a huge child show it was the most expensive child show per episode ever made we're going to talk a lot about how you know most of the the um, other cast members were puppets and how exactly that worked. We'll talk about moving to Iceland as a as a young kid to to star in a show. We'll talk about what she's doing now. She's she's got a uh, a um, YouTube channel where she's doing some really cool vlogging. She is a um, junior in college. We'll talk just a lot about uh, the show, her experiences. What the future holds for it was a it was a really cool episode and I think you're gonna enjoy it a lot. Um, just kind of the behind the scenes. Whether you've never seen an episode of Lazy Town in filming this, you know the the process of, of trying to get ready for um, the episode. I watched a few episodes, but I was I was too old for Lazy Town. You know, it came out in in the mid uh, 2000s and then the late 2010s. Had to look it up for a second. The first two episodes or first two seasons were in 2004, 2005, 2006, and then they came back and um, finished up in 2011 to 2014, so well after I was watching children's TV. So it, it was an interesting conversation for someone who's never even seen the show, just in, in what it was like to be a child star and what it's like to, to grow up after that. She went to public high school afterwards. We're going to get into all that. Um, the other thing I want to briefly touch on is last week was our 53rd episode. So that means this episode we're starting our second year as a podcast. So I really appreciate everyone who's stuck with me through this first year. We've had some amazing guests. 
next year. Um, you know, I've already recorded quite a few great episodes, so not not stopping anytime soon there. We're going to have some, some really good guests to go into year two, but I just really appreciate you you listening. This is your first episode. Welcome. Hope, hope you check out some previous episodes and follow along in the future. If you've been a, uh, a listener since the beginning, can't thank you enough. It's it's been a it's been a great ride. It's something that I never thought I would be doing, um, but uh, it's it's been awesome. It really has been. So thanks for being here on uh, this first episode of, of year two. I didn't really touch on it being the last episode of year one, but uh, it, it's it's been cool. And uh, again, thanks for being here. Uh, in true fashion of finishing up my first year is uh, I made a an, an error in this episode where the first oh goodness four five about five and a half minutes I didn't have my uh, my microphone plugged in you'd think after a year I would uh, I would get get uh, that kind of figured out I think microphones a little bit important when it comes to uh, uh, recording a podcast so I apologize for that I'll tell you I've done some some major editing where I don't think you're going to you know not be able to hear me I don't think the sound is as great but I don't think it's going to be a huge thing. Again, no more than about five and a half minutes, and she does most of the talking, so bear with me there. You know, 90, 95% of the interview is with the microphone actually plugged in, but uh, this first couple minutes might be a, a little bit less uh, audio audio perfect as, as I would I was hope, but uh, this this uh, this beginning has been longer than than most, but I did want to thank you for for sticking around. It is a great episode. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Chloe Lang. I am here today with Chloe Lang. Chloe, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, before we get into, I guess, the meat, and I'm sure we'll talk quite a bit about Lazy Town. Uh, but tell us just a little bit about yourself in your own words. Yeah, so uh, I'm Chloe. I'm 19 years old, and I will be starting my junior year of college in the fall. Um, I'm currently attending Pace University, and I study arts and entertainment management. Um, so my, you know, my goal and hopes with that is to be able to take everything I've done and experienced and learned being on set as an actress. Um, and being able to have that translate into a different kind of career behind the scenes and possibly managing other talents or other young child actresses or actors like me. So that is kind of the route that I'm taking right now and what I've been focusing on and studying on. And yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. So right out of the gate, just I think it's going to be evident maybe in, in some of the questions. I did, I, I, I'm not a lazy town person. I'm a little too old for that. Even the original one, I'm, I'm too old. So I didn't, I didn't watch lazy town as a, as a, a youngster. Um, but I know, I guess just the, the phenomenon that it was. So for those who are, are like me and, and, and maybe too old or just didn't catch it, tell us just a little bit about the premise of what lazy town was. Yeah, so um, Lazy Town is a show that was created actually originally back in 2004 by an Icelandic man named Magnus Sheving. Um, and he did a lot of aerobics and he was a gymnast and just very into being fit and active and healthy. 
so he came up with uh you know this idea to kind of create this show called lazy town with puppets and animation and green screen and you know lots of um high energy and excitement and the, and he did exactly that so in 2004 he started the show lazy town and you know built his his set and his cast and crew kind of in Reykjavik Iceland where where he was from um they took a small hiatus after seasons one and two just for you know I think they thought they were done I think they thought they had a good run with it until it decided to get re-picked up um back in 2011 so that's when I come into the picture um so Lazy Town the the main character Stephanie had to be recasted because of all the the, um, the year gap in between the seasons. You know, it would be like unrealistic for Stephanie to come back at 20 years old. So they needed to recast a younger person. Um, I was really fortunate enough to be able to get that audition through my manager actually, who's the best, shout out to Paula at Prestige. Um, yeah, so I, you know, kind of went through the audition process and uh that's lazy town i guess this big fun show with lots of flips and singing and dancing and puppets and colors but yeah that's and that is kind of an interesting part of of lazy town i feel like a lot of the you know the big shows that kind of make worldwide fame are filmed in hollywood or or maybe somewhere else but not you know all the big shows normally don't come from iceland so i wonder what made them decide that it was important to to film in Iceland. Obviously the creators from there, that, that played a huge part of it, I'm sure. But um, I wonder what made them decide Iceland's where we're going to film it and we're not going to take it to, you know, one of these big production stage studios. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I doubt that Magnus knew um, what Lazy Town would come to be when he thought of the idea, honestly. Um, and I think that, that, it was really special to have it be filmed in Iceland also because we all became kind of like a little family on set. Um, and most of the, the, like I mentioned, the crew members and the cast members, almost everyone that worked on set and on the production, um, they were all Icelandic as well. So a lot of them Magnus had known from other projects or had just been, you know, long time, lifetime friends with, uh, family friends. So he had like a really good group of people um, already established, I think, with him and a support system in Iceland, um, partially a fan base already because, you know, he was a really successful gymnast. And yeah, I think I think he just thought that it could be something really special there. And he was right. So for sure. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Iceland. I, I have been fortunate enough to go to Iceland. Super cool place. So tell us just a little bit about it. Yeah, it's. Honestly, probably to this day, one of my favorite places I've ever been. Um, it's just absolutely breathtaking, the landscapes, unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, there's mountains, there's waterfalls, volcanoes. Um, I mean, I, like oceans, whales. I mean, you just can't get over the beauty uh, for me. Um, I also really liked the people there. Like they have such an amazing culture. Uh, they have really nice people. They're all super sweet and really smart. Um, and it was overall just really amazing to be able to be picked up from my small little town in the U.S. at such a young age 
and be thrown into another country and kind of just, you know, figure out, figure out how to do it. And yeah, it was, I, I like Iceland is like my number one place. We go back every summer to visit because it's just the best. No, I, yeah, I, I agree. Iceland's super, super cool. You know, there's, a, hold on just one second. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I, I think we might've been recording this whole time without my microphone plugged in, but you know what? That's all right. That's all right. Oh, is no. But uh, yeah, so Iceland, what I tell people a lot of time when I travel is that, you know, almost everywhere you, you go, you know, if, if you close your eyes and not necessarily know where, where you are when you open them, you can kind of, it kind of feels like, you know, America just driving down the road and certain points, obviously there's places that don't look anything like it, but everywhere I was in Iceland just looks completely different. There's parts that looks like you're not even, you're on the moon at certain points, just with the, the landscape. So it's a, it's a really awesome place. I, I agree there for sure. So tell us just a little bit about, uh, you know, you, you said that uh, there was a, a hiatus, I think it was four or five years, um, which is probably right in, in your time frame of, of being a, a kid too. So were you a fan of Lazy Town back when, back when the original show was on, so to speak? Um, I, I definitely had been aware of the show, but I also grew up with older siblings. So I never really had control of the TV as a little <laughs> kid. So um, I was also not really one to be watching TV that much. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I just found other hobbies. I, but I, I do remember that um, when I had found out I was auditioning for Lazy Town, you know, I was kind of, I remember my mom was like, do you know, like the character with the pink hair? Like, do you remember that? And I was like, kind of. And then like, I looked at a photo and I, I remember like kind of watching a few episodes um, before the audition, just to kind of get a feel for what the show was and the energy that was, you know, needed for it. But yeah, before that, I wasn't really like a huge fan myself. I just wasn't really one to be watching it. Um, so it's pretty funny. I mean, from, from what I know with Lazy Town, doesn't that make you kind of the perfect Stephanie? You weren't being lazy and hanging out inside. You were outside being active. So that was perfect, right? You know, I really was. Um, when I was a little girl, I really was basically Stephanie 2.0. Like that, all that energy, you know, the, the dancing, the facial expressions, like all of that came so naturally to me. I've always had this, you know, like performer energy. So I think that's kind of funny how uh, how the character it's herself is also very active. How active in acting were you before uh, before this part? Because obviously you were you were younger, but but generally a big show like this, I don't assume this was your your first gig. Maybe it was, and you were super lucky. But but what was your your acting chops before Lazy Town? So I decided to start acting because I originally started my training. Uh, when I was just a little baby as a dancer. So once again, you know, you kind of have that same performer mentality. Um, And I started acting. I remember I got into it kind of through a friend. She was like, hey, they're filming a movie at Lake Compounds and they need extras. So like people just literally to walk in the background and eat French fries. So that's, that was what I did. And I remember I spent the whole day like in the background of like compounds in this movie. And I'd never done anything like that. I thought it was so fun, so cool. And I so badly wanted to, I was like, mom, I want to be like the main girl in a movie like that. That looks so fun. 
And so she was like, really? And we kind of, you know, looked into agents and managers. And that's when I signed with Prestige. Um, and I've been basically auditioning ever since. So I get sent out into New York City for these auditions. And a lot of the things I was booking before Lazy Town was a lot of print and commercial jobs. So um, when I was younger, I did so many commercials like Baby Alive, Comcast, um, Toaster Strudel commercials. You can see them all on YouTube, I think. Like there's all those little clips, but Lazy Town was my first, my first role that I booked that was life-changing in that way. I'm sure. But I think that it's also kind of important. You, you know, you mentioned that you weren't a big Lazy Town fan before this. I think that would almost probably have been maybe a little bit more difficult or, or yeah. hard to book it if you were like just this Uber fan that just needed this part, that dreamed of this part. I think that you could maybe see that desperation. So it probably helped you that you were like, eh, I don't really know this show, but seems cool. Yeah, I remember... Um... I kind of, my first audition, audition tape. Uh, so they have like all of the, all of the Lazy Town auditions are on tape. Cause that's what usually um, casting directors do when you audition. And years, years after I had, you know, finished filming and everything, they actually gave me my audition tape. Cause it's just so funny to look back on, you know, like, oh, that's the little girl that you chose for this role and like, look at where we are now. But I remember I completely messed up in the audition. I made a mistake singing and I, I like asked for a re redo and I was like, I want to start over. And I was just myself and I was making jokes and I wasn't, I was more excited than I was nervous. I think because like you said, I wasn't this huge fan. It wasn't necessarily like this dream job that I had to have. I was just myself and I was passionate about performing and and making people laugh and being energetic. And they totally saw that I um, I had that like childlike, you know, like I was just a kid at heart. And they said that that was one of the reasons that they really liked me. I was just, you know, myself and fun, so. No, that's that's really cool for sure. Yeah, so you, we we talked, you, you bri briefly mentioned that most of the cast is puppets, which I wanna get into that in a second, but there was, basically three main humans in the cast. And you talked about, um, you know, Magnus wanting to keep it in Iceland, you know, his home country and things like that. I wonder what made them decide to, to cast Stephanie outside of, uh, outside of an Icelandic uh, girl. Do you, you know anything about that? You know, I'm, I'm not too sure exactly um, why they chose to, to primarily do auditions in New York. I think they did audition um, some other people worldwide, internationally, maybe even in Iceland as well. But, you know, New York is kind of like the, you know, the homeland of, you know, acting and things like that. And I think they also were looking for um, a, a child actor or actress because, you know, that it did, Stephanie did have to be a young girl, whereas Robbie and Sporticus and all the puppets also were all adults. And it's definitely not easy to be um, a child actress and, you know, have that professionalism. And I think that not everyone like has, has that ability to be able to work like at a really serious job and be relied on by so many people from a young age. 
Um, but <clears throat> I think that, I don't know, I, I really, <clears throat> oh, sorry. <clears throat> no worries. Back in my throat. But I really um, am just like, I learned so much from, from everything I did on set. And I also just, I think that, that um, it helped ha me having an English accent because I was the only one on set that spoke English also. So, you know, people forget that Sporticus, Magnus, Robbie, who was played by Stefan Carl, they all, their first language was Icelandic. So they had really heavy accents that, you know, they were training on set every day to be able to speak in an English American accent. So I think sometimes people don't even realize that because they were so good at it. But we did have like dialogue coach coaches on set for them. So I think that may, maybe was one of the reasons it was a little easier to get uh, an American actress for the main role. No, that that makes sense. I'm sure it's easier to there, there's already a lot to, to learn and a lot to do on a show like that. But then have to to train somebody in an American accent and, and, on, and all of that as a child, it probably it was just easier to, to cast a, an American yeah, so you know, you you talked about most of the the puppets being, well, not most, all the puppets being adults. That that just adds a whole another layer of complexity to a to a show. So, what was it like? You know, most of the rest of the cast being, you know, I, I watched some of your your behind the scenes videos on your YouTube channel, which I want to talk about too. But I believe like the you know they were kind of on rollers below the. Uh, below mm -hmm. the puppet so what i mean there, there was just such i feel like your your main your biggest job that to date i, I think it's fair to say was just a really intense strange way to to kind of come upon the scene so what was what was that like not only now you know acting in a kid's show in a foreign country but and also having to talk to to puppets it's just a it's just a very intense thing yeah i um I, I wasn't really, you know, a lot of people will come on set and be like really scared of the puppets. But for me, like I always thought they were really cool, like seeing them up close, you know, the detail, the art, they're each also like, I don't even know a rough estimate, but they got to be at least like over 80 pounds. Mm. They are so heavy, which you wouldn't believe and so intricate. Um, and I had never seen puppeteering work that you know, that up close and that intricate in my life before. And as you were mentioning in my YouTube videos, you can see that the way the scenes were filmed with the puppets was I was just walking like on normal ground and then they would be laying on little rolling carts on their back so that they could have their arm up and the puppets would be around my height. And then the that was for like the green screen and certain sets. And then other sets such as like um, the mayor's office or Stephanie's bedroom, Pixel's bedroom, those were all raised sets. So they were made like for the puppeteers. So the puppeteers in those scenes were able to just stand and I was the one raised up. So I was walking on catwalks, which are just little skinny wooden platforms. Mm. And I remember like my first ever day on set, the first episode ever, it's like 8 a.m. in the morning, first time in costume, you know, like we're first day, we're about to get this started. And we were filming um, Boogie Woogie Boo, that, that episode in season three. And we, the first 
scene that we filmed we started towards like the end of the episode and when you're like the party scene and I was on the catwalk and there was all of the puppets in the room like it was like the big party whatever and I remember I think we did one take and I didn't even realize that I was looking and like talking to to the people that are Mm. talking Mm. and then the directors are like cut you have to talk to the puppets, Chloe. I'm like, oh gosh. So it was definitely a learning curve, but I I got over it pretty quickly and it just became like normal to me. Like talking to puppets and hugging puppets was just like normal to me. So it was really funny. Do you go through withdrawals now? Do you wish there's a couple of puppets around to hug or? Uh, I don't miss the puppets, but I miss <laughs> the puppeteers because they are like, you know, like Pixel to me is like Jody and like uh, Ron, you know, so those are all my friends. No, that, that makes sense. And, you know, there's a lot of questions I'm sure that you may not exactly know the answers to, but just, I, I wonder why they've decided to make almost the whole cast puppets. That just, I think that just makes it so much harder because you know, I read that this is a, one of the most expensive children's shows to make. And I feel like a lot of it is because of, you know, the puppets and, and some of the things that they, they did you know, made it unique, which may be the reason, but just maybe a few less puppets would have been a little bit easier for everyone. I don't know. That is a good question. I don't know the, the like motivation behind like having most of the characters be puppets. Um, I think, I think part of why people love the show so much is because it's such a funny mix of both. Um, but you're right. It is one of the most expensive child shows to make, um, partially because the costumes, all of Stephanie's costumes, every episode, um, you know, had a new adventure, a new costume, a new look that those were all hand sewn. Um, the wig was all handmade. Um, the mask was carved right to my face. You know, everything was very intricate and, and well done. All the sets were like so thoroughly painted and just like all the details, like it was really amazing. Um, and then in addition to the green screen in, of, in and of itself requires so much post-production editing and CGI work that, you know, that's also requires a big crew of people, uh, computers, the editing softwares. So there's just like so much that goes into it. And I think one of my favorite parts about filming Lazy Town um, that I don't believe happens in every show was that every single piece of the puzzle to Lazy Town was all in one building. So, you know, Magnus, the CEO, um, the costumes, the makeup, the we had a gym, we had the dance room, the, the music booth where I would record all the songs, um, the lunchroom, the, all of the offices, all of the editing, the, everything like that was it was all in one building. So we were all, you know, I was able to run around all day knocking on people's offices and be like, Hey, what are you working on? What are you doing? And you know, the, the artists would be like, Oh, this is a storyboard for, you know, the next episode. Look like we're designing everything. So I really got to see how Mm. making a TV show unfolds and just like the amount of work, effort, commitment, and honestly people that it takes to make this happen. And I think that's just a, a huge thing, maybe even more than, than you realize now. And the reason I, I say that is I spoke with a, a child star from, from my, from my day that I grew up watching and, and she was the same way where she was just a little bit older than the rest of the cast, 
So at which were all other children. So she would go around and ask, you know, what, what's, what's this and what's this. And in the, you know, not only did it teach her how television shows work, it helped her in, in, in the next show. She already knew, you know, where's, you know, where's my mark and what am I supposed to be doing with all that? It just, that hands-on experience, I think is just a, a huge thing. And it was awesome that, you know, the rest of the, the production was willing to, to include you and not just say, I'm, I'm doing something, don't worry about it, go away. And, and that was uh, one of the best parts and most important parts for me. And I think since everybody knew I was the only child on set and I also was moving from another country, my home country, to a new country where I didn't know any other friends and I didn't have family there either. So, you know, that's why I mentioned the cast and crew, we became family and and every weekend we would do road trips together. After work, we would always go out to eat or do movie nights. Um, like we just became really close. And not only with just the other actors and puppeteers, but like I said, also with, you know, the the editors and producers and artists. Um, I, I genuinely know probably each and every single person that worked in their building and that building by first name. And like, I'm still in contact with most of all of them today. So it's, really just amazing. Absolutely. And you, you, you just mentioned that you know, they, they became your family, but that kind of begs the question of who did, you know, who did go with you? Surely you didn't just get shipped off completely on your own. Yeah. So my mom, my, my biggest supporter, she's been with me through all this through day one. Um, and she was the one who came and lived with me in Iceland um, which definitely was not, I mean, at the time I didn't realize everything, all the decisions she was making behind the scenes, but I do have two older siblings. Um, you know, we had to leave them, my dad, my grandparents, my cousins. I have a pretty big family that I'm really close to. Um, so it was definitely a hard decision to leave, but I, but we all knew like everyone was like, go, this is amazing. And everyone came to visit and it was amazing. And you know, I got to visit at home, but yeah, my mom was living with me. So she was just like on set with me all day, every day being a momager. And that's, that was her full-time job watching out for me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a good thing. Kudos to your mom for that. That's, that's, that's really cool. So kind of a little, uh, plug for your your youtube the people that we see on your youtube is your your grandparents or your great grandparents i don't know but i your your grandparents are some of my favorite parts of your youtube videos so i i like them a lot i know that uh i knew it a second ago now i don't know one is like vovo right yeah so the grandfather my grandfather is is vuvu and we call my grandmother vava it's portuguese so are you, is your family from Portugal? Cause I do notice an, an accent with both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So they, both of them were born and raised in Portugal and immigrated to the United States when they were in their twenties. Um, and they actually met here, which is mm. funny because they're both from Portugal, but they met um, in Connecticut. And yeah. So basically they speak fluent Portuguese. My mom does, but I, was never fortunate enough to learn so I can understand but I don't speak fluently 
Yeah. Well, at least you can understand. That's that's a huge thing. That's the same same with my family. My grandma's from Germany, but she didn't really teach it down. So all of us are like, why didn't you teach us another language? You're sitting there speaking your own language to your your family, but you're not talking. You didn't give it to us. But yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. So I guess back to to Lazy Town. Just a couple more questions, and one of them is just what what's something for for those who. Um, did grow up watching Lazy Town that might surprise them um, to, to hear about whether how it was filmed or, or maybe just, I, I don't know, a, a surprise, if you will. Oh, I have I have a good fun fact. There we go. That, um, okay, so I think this is interesting. Um, all of the Lazy Town episodes, uh, I was required to go back in the booth and actually from start to bottom episode, re-record all of my lines and just a microphone like that. Hmm. So when we're like filming the scenes, I have a mic, I had a mic under my dress and most of it was picked up on Boombox as well. But with that being said, um, since Lazy Town, you know, Magnus, a perfectionist, the show had to be the best of the best. No, I'm kidding. But um, yeah, we had to re-record all of our lines, each character, just in case something we said, you know, while I was like moving, like my dress scuffed over the mic, everything had to be kind of like a clean cut. Not necessarily every line in the episode is all cut and chopped, but like, I think, but I was required to do that for every episode, you know, just go through and like re-say the lines. And I think that's funny. I just, it's like kind of like, kind of silly, but also like, who would ever think that that's, that's what, you know, was needed for the final product. Yeah, that is interesting. I feel like my, were you able to, to see the recorded version of it? Cause that would be hard to know exactly, you know, the exact energy you were giving at that oh, moment yeah so it, the way they did it was after filming they would go and like you know edit all the episodes and then they would fly me back out in the winter for just mm. like a week and I would work like every day in the week um and just do all the episodes like back to back to back so I was watching them on the screen so yeah. did, did you did you enjoy that because that doesn't sound like the funnest part of this job uh, well <laughs> I I do enjoy um, like ADR recording. Um, I have this like weird talent. I like to think where I can like hear something and repeat it. And like, like, you know, I, I can get it right the first time. Like I have a good like um, ear for that. So I was, I, I thought ADR was kind of fun, but at the same time, it is really weird to be just like crammed in a black box all day, watching yourself on a TV screen with no audio. So I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. So, you know, we, we talked about how they took a, a hiatus for, for several years. It makes sense that they recasted just because I'm sure that person got older and, and they weren't really the, the, the ideal Stephanie anymore if they wanted to keep it kind of the, the same age group. But I have talked to other actresses, you know, on some, some really major shows the, the mom, I, I spoke to the mom on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when they changed moms. And yeah. she, she talked a little bit about, you know, how supportive the cast was of the change and how supportive that, you know, the, the fans of the show were. So that's kind of a two part. One, you know, was the, the entire cast, were they, were they really supportive of a new person? And then also, you know, d- did you have any issues with fans like, you know, we only like the OG Stephanie, or was that not necessarily the case given that, you know, give, it was a kid's show and, you know, there was a five-year break. It may be a totally different fans that were watching at that point. Um, 
I actually get a pretty, pretty diverse reaction. So, I mean, I, I do get my fair share of like, you're not the OG, like, who are you? <laughs> like, you know, but I ignore those because it's mostly on like TikTok, like TikTok comments can be so brutal. But my Instagram supporters, they love me. So I love them right back. Well, a quick break in your response. If there, if there, if people are commenting on your TikTok about a children's show that they used to watch and be like, you're not the original. I, I think that, you know, they, they just are having a bad day and just let them go. Just, let just them a little go. bored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I, I don't really let those get to me because like you said, like there was such a big uh, age gap. So I think a lot of the people that watched Juliana weren't even watching me. I think it was a new wave of kids that were watching my show, but I, I, this, the, the cast and crew, they were obviously so supportive. You know, they just wanted to make sure that, that me being a kid, you know, I felt excited and comfortable. And it also, I think because of the, big chunk of time that um was taken in between filming and roles it was almost like a it was almost like a a new season like a new show for everyone else too because they had taken so many years of doing other things um and I also I never felt pressured by anyone to fit into any kind of shoes or like have to do my role a certain way mm which was something I felt really grateful for. Um, Magnus made it very clear from the beginning that, you know, he liked me as Stephanie for, for the Chloe that he auditioned and that, you know, like even uh, in seasons three and four, some things were different. Like Stephanie in seasons one never had the hero mask. And in seasons three and four, you know, when, if you've seen an episode in the emergency situation on the mask goes, so I did feel like I had some like freedom to make it my own as well, because there were certain aspects of the show that Juliana um, wasn't, didn't, you know, have the opportunity to perform. So I was able to make it my own. And, you know, everyone was just really blown away by um, how hard I was willing to work. And, and they also were just blown away. Like they, they, never really compared me and Juliana because they always said we were like so different but both so amazing but like in completely different ways which I think is very interesting because we both played the same role and I actually have met her in person and she is like a little more different than me she seems a little quieter yeah and I think that that's a huge thing just in you know my conversation with with the the two moms with Fresh Prince that yeah I think that it 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 is a huge thing that he, he laid the groundwork magnus laid the groundwork from the beginning that you know he casted you for you and that he it wasn't just to copy somebody else i think that's a a huge thing because if you're it, it's a lot more pressure to now try to exactly be the same person as somebody else and it doesn't it never makes sense to me in shows that do that because you're not fooling anybody it's like you really think we don't realize this is a different person you might as well this is your opportunity to change the character up a little bit I know. Yeah, I, I agree. I remember, um, I think the only show I watched that that happened was um, the Fosters when mm. one season we came back and it was like a completely different sun and they just like pretended like <laughs> it was like nothing. But yeah, Lazy Town also because of the wig. Um, it was totally different in that sense. Right. And with, with the gap too, was, 
you know, it would be very easy to completely get new puppeteers. No one sees them, but did most of the people or all of the people come back from the original? Yeah, all of them. Oh, that's really Except cool. Except for one, I believe. But yeah. That's really cool. So we, we talked about nostalgia. How often do you get to, to meet somebody who was a huge fan and there's nothing better than nostalgia. I, I mean, just when interviewing the person that I grew up watching, it was just such an amazing experience. And just because the feeling nostalgia gives you just in your childhood is, is a really cool thing. So how, and I think that would be really special to be somebody's childhood or be somebody's nostalgia. So how often do you get to kind of, of uh, interact with people that, that have that? Um, actually way more often than I ever in a million years could have expected, um, going into it, you know, as we talked about, I didn't necessarily know myself that lazy town was as big as it was. Cause I wasn't a huge TV fan. So I, I, after I'd filmed it, even myself, I didn't even realize how many people were actually watching me, like mm. how many countries, um, the, this show was being played in, you know, how many different channels it, it was honestly just so amazing. And I think what really kind of made me realize that, believe it or not, was TikTok because mm. I've, I've had my Instagram social media for a while now, and I've been, um, growing slowly, but steadily. But when I joined TikTok over quarantine and I posted that Stephanie video that accidentally went viral is kind of like a joke. I, I did not expect it to blow up like that. And it was then that I realized there were so many people that had known the show that I didn't even expect to know the show. And it was then that, you know, I, it kind of like really set in like so many people know this show. Like this is so amazing like I my face has been seen by so many people and I don't even like realize it like I don't even like think twice about it because you know I did my work and I filmed it and then I don't watch I don't watch myself on on like sprout in the morning so you know you do your work and then you kind of move on and then once I was able to to be you know seeing all these comments and the negative but mostly positive feedback of people just being like wow, I remember that show. And look at you now, like you are like a teenage girl. That's crazy. Um, so I think it's just so cool to be able to reconnect in that way and have like a platform now that we're both on and communicating on rather than just uh, a TV screen. So. Right. No, that, that has to be a really cool experience for, for sure. So I, I guess I want to give you the opportunity to tell us just a little bit about um, working with with both Magnus and Stefan Stephenson. He, he has that Icelandic name. Tell us just a little bit about working with both of them, given that you're, they're your only other live cast. And then also, you're not to, to bring it down a notch, but I, I did hear that Stefan has passed away. So talk a little bit about, about that too. Yeah, so um, Magnus, I had, Magnus was the first person I met in the audition room because this show was, it was his creation. It was his baby, his dream. And, and he's the believer in if you want something done right, do it yourself. So he flew himself all over the world auditioning for Stephanie's. So he was the first person, you know, that I met in the audition room. Um, and he right from the bat just had this like very sharp, immaculate energy. 
Like he knew, he knew what he wanted. He knew how to get it. He knew, you know, like he was just smart and he was very kind. And he, he just had this, like this drive that um, really inspired me because, you know, he was just so determined and he never hesitated. And, you know, he had the confidence, like he, he just, he just had that. I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but like he brought this energy on set that was like he would walk in the room and like snap his fingers and be like, I'm here, action. And like everyone, you know, would like it was like this good, like inspiring, motivational energy. Um, And same with Stefan. I mean, he was a true comedian. Like there was just not a day that went by where he wasn't making us all die laughing, whether he was being himself or I was having to like cover my laugh watching him you know do his Robbie thing on set so you know both people outside of characters also just as people with families they you know are so amazing so kind they have welcomed me and my mom into their homes and you know we've made friends with them their families we've done lots of traveling and honestly just made so many good memories and I really you know I really I I Stefan, he was someone that I will never forget. He really made my mom, me and my mom feel so welcomed. He was one of the first people that, you know, invited us over for dinner. And he actually had kids that were somewhere a little older than me and some a little younger than me. And it was honestly just fun to be able to go to his house and, you know, have the parents eat dinner. And I got to go like play in the room with the kids. So Um, I remember just very, just like family, honestly, from day one. And he passed away um, recently, very unfortunately, from cancer. And I was so lucky enough to be able to go back and visit him once we had known he was sick um, and just kind of, you know, spend some time and see him. And uh, it's very sad. I miss him. But, you know. He was an amazing person and that's what, that's what we remember. So. Absolutely. And it's, it's good that you had such a, a great experience because that, that isn't always the case, you know, with, with child stars, it's, it, it's just not a lot of times, you know, the, you know, it's a, it's a weird model with how making money basically off of, of child talent. And sometimes it does, it means that it's not uh a positive experience for, for the kids. So I'm glad that, that you did have a, a really positive experience. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think now that I'm, I'm getting older too and kind of seeing all these Disney stars and Nickelodeon actresses that I watched, you know, coming out with these stories just about how awful their experience was. Mm-hmm. And it really makes me realize 10 times more of anything just how lucky I was and how much I lucked out with, you know, the cast and crew that I got and how they all just made me feel like since I was the youngest one there, I was like the little princess. It wasn't the other way around where I felt overpowered by them. So it was really awesome. That is awesome. So the last Lazy Town question, then I want to talk about what you're doing now is have you ever dived into the... (laughs) to the conspiracy theories with lazy town because i watched some youtube videos and it's it's a wild rabbit hole to go on i didn't know there was conspiracies oh yeah yeah there's some conspiracies well i will i this guy does like a 15 minute video so i can't do it justice 
I'll email you over the link to it if you want to watch it. But just in short, he he says first again. I don't I don't know a ton about the show, so I, I, it may be hard for me to kind of explain it. But basically, that Robbie Rotten is actually the hero in this show because this town is in the middle of like a nuclear wasteland and you're not people aren't really supposed to go out because there's a nuclear fallout and that all of the people in the show are actually like kind of like don't realize that they're in a you know in a nuclear war and it's 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 very well done his video but it's like you're putting a lot into this kids show my friend that's funny actually i i've never seen or heard about any conspiracies but I will tell you that I, I am interested in watching that video just to kind of see. But as far as I know, like the the meaning behind sports candy is literally just, you know, sports candy. And Magnus, like I said, you know, he really was motivated by this because he was an aerobic gymnast himself. I mean, if you watch videos on YouTube of Magnus Shoving when he was like, I, I don't even know, like in his like prime, like probably 20s. He was just like one big, like flying, like muscle, like flipping, you know. So he really is like a real life sporticus. Like he can really do all those flips. It's actually crazy. Yeah, and yeah. it's extra impressive in your in your seasons because based on the age he is now, he had to be in his forties at that point. So he's a, yes. a fit guy for sure. So yeah, enough about Lazy Town. Tell us what you're what you're up to these days and, and what you've been up to since since Lazy Town ended. I know we we talked about the current moment of you being a junior at, at Pace, but tell us just a little quick rundown of, of time since since the end of Lazy Town. Yeah, I um so basically after I finished filming, I moved back home from Iceland and I re-enrolled myself in public school. Because living in school, you know, working on set, I was, um, I had a tutor on set with me. Um, so when I went home, you know, I, I loved school. Like I love public school. I love my friends. I like seeing my friends. It was important for me. So I got back into that. Um, and I spent seventh and eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade there. And then unfortunately, freshman year came around and I got braces. So my acting took uh, or no, my auditioning rather took a slight slowdown and I picked up on more so just like the classes and like the, the trainings and the workshops for acting. Um, and then uh, all throughout high school, I, you know, was in public school. Um, I was getting like high honors. I schools like academics are really important to me. And I'm also, I was on the dance team. So that was once again, a full-time commitment. We would be traveling for competitions, you know, um, dancing competitively every weekend. So um, my high school years were pretty busy and intense with dance, but that was really important to me at the time because all of my, you know, my dance, the teammates that I was dancing with, they were, you know, also like a family to me and some of my best friends from high school. Um, and then once I... Uh, started my freshman year at Pace. It was kind of just adjusting into living in the big, big old city, New York City. Um, and then COVID hit. So the past year now, um, I think has slightly been the same for all of us. We've all just kind of been working on ourselves behind the scenes. So, you know, that's what I've been doing. Um, 
yeah, just doing a lot of work on myself and a lot of self-care, just taking time, spending time now with friends and family that things are opening back up. It feels really good to start to travel again. So I've been doing that. Um, and I also vlog. So I every post every week. Um, I try to post every Monday at 6 p.m. Try to be really consistent with it to my YouTube channel at Chloe5Lang. And I've been having just so much fun with that because, you know, it almost feels like each week that I get to vlog, I, it's almost like I get to like, you know, go and like make myself plans and make, you know, see, do things for the vlog. And I also um, have been getting a lot more PR packages sent to me and slightly more recognition. I was um, traveling last weekend to New York for like an influencer launch party. So it's been, yeah, it's been fun and it's been feeling good. I've definitely feel like I've been working hard on my, um, on my YouTube channel. Uh, I love the editing and everything that goes into it, but it is time consuming with that being said. So it feels good to, to know that, uh, people really watch them and, and like them and recognize them. Yeah. No, and that's what I've been up to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get that. And I don't, I don't know that I've really talked about it much in this podcast, but as a, as a younger, younger guy, probably about your age, I actually had a, a YouTube channel that, that uh, wasn't necessarily vlogs. It was mostly like, well, there was some, but a lot of like comedy and things like that. So it was kind of pressure to, to, to do all of that. So I know the, the time yeah. commitment that you had and it, it's a huge, huge thing. Um, I, like I said, I've watched uh, quite a few of your videos, namely to, to prepare to, to speak with you today, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing for sure. You're talking about going back to public school. I think that's, that's really awesome. Um, I don't think anything can humble you from being a international superstar to going back to public (laughs) school and people will be like, I do not care. (laughs) So did you, I mean, how did people react to it? Was it something that was like people knew or was it something like, is it kind of a, a two truths and a lie thing for you at this point for your, your friends? I just wonder exactly how that works. Literally it's, they use it as two truths and a lie. Like they, they think it's like a funny joke, um, which it is like we all, which was, which was really um, nice for me. Actually. I remember when I first moved back home, obviously and you know as I wanted them to everyone was really excited that I was finally you know coming back to school and rejoining the friend group and stuff but for the most part it was kind of like oh there's our same old good old Chloe let's go get back in here so it was nice it wasn't it wasn't like oh like who are you who is she like who is she gonna hang out with like I just kind of got right back into the routine that I had before I left and all of my friends and honestly for the most part, just like all the people in my high school and in my town treat me just like an average Joe. So that's awesome. So you get to, and that's, I think that's a, a, a powerful thing to get to live your life normally, except for, you know, every once in a while you get pulled into it. I, I'm sure, you know, again, to kind of correlate something else. I, I spoke with somebody who's a famous meme. She was a meme when she was six years old and now she just graduated college. And oh she, my God. And she talks, well, that's disaster girl. If you know that meme, but um, she talks about like most days, it's not even anything she really thinks about, but then, you know, some, somebody reaches out to interview or somebody wants to, you know, do a, a 
video on her and then she remembers like draw gets drawn back into it so feels like that's kind of your your experience sometimes too yeah yeah it's nice too yeah I, i like being able to live my partially normal teenage life yeah absolutely so it's been great having you i really appreciate your time i do want to make sure that you're able to plug um you know what all the ways people can can reach you and then I also, I don't want to leave without asking you, you know, you know, in, in, in COVID times, no one can truly answer this question anymore, but what do you think or at least hope the, the future holds for Chloe Lang? That's a good one. Um, as of right now, all, all I can hope that the future holds for me is just a year full of traveling. I am dying to get back out and see the world. Um, and honestly, most importantly, I really want to meet new people. I moved to New York City as a freshman, and I was so excited to just meet so many people, and I did up until March. And ever since then, I, it's, you know, been hard to kind of, you know, we haven't really had big social gatherings, but they're starting back up slowly. So my goal and just my hope for, you know, the near future for me is to travel and, get good grades, make friends, be happy and healthy. And yeah, if you guys want to follow me along on that journey, um, my Instagram is Chloe5Lang. My YouTube is Chloe5Lang and my TikTok is Chloe Max Lang. So I post vlogs every week on Monday. So don't forget to subscribe if you guys like. And that's that's me. That's Chloe. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. It was really great to meet you. So that was Chloe Lang. I want to just thank you. You're Hey, you're here at the end. It means you were able to get past that first six minutes where it sounds like I was recording uh, in the basement or in the bathroom with uh, without my microphone plugged in. So appreciate you. Appreciate you sticking it out there. Uh, beyond that, it was an amazing interview just speaking with uh, with Chloe about something that very few of us have any any kind of uh, experience with, and that's you know being the star of a of a child's TV show, and then such a unique one that that filmed in in Iceland and dealt with puppets and just all the uniqueness that Lazy Town was. Just like I was telling her, you know getting that experience and walking around like she did to, to see what, how everything was made. I think it's going to be so beneficial for her in the future with whatever she decides to do, which I think is going to be some, some really amazing things. So I appreciate you being here. Please do go check her out. Chloe five Lang. Uh, I believe pretty much on, on all social media. She uh, mentioned just, just a few minutes ago, all those handles. I'll make sure to uh, put them in the show notes as well. But uh, it was a pleasure speaking with her. Hope you enjoyed it. You got a lot of really cool insights, whether you're the biggest Lazy Town fan in the world or whether you've never seen an episode. I think uh, it was a a really enjoyable time to, to just hear those experiences that she had. Thanks, Chloe, for being here. Thank you for being here. As we go into season two, year two, if you will, it's, uh, it's been a wild ride, like I said in the beginning. And, uh, I look forward to year two. I look forward to to bringing you along, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time, where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh, 
or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.